It is an honor to be with you all today. I'd like to share today something that God's placed on my heart. I'd like to say this is something that he placed on my heart that doesn't feel super personal, but it's super personal. It's about waiting. I'd like to talk about waiting well. When it comes to waiting, you know, no hunter wants to hang out in a tree stand for hours on end, wait in a duck blind for hours upon end. No parents, when they learn that they're going to have a baby, want to wait nine whole months to see their baby. Back when our mall had actual stores in it, husbands would sit in the massage chairs outside of pennies waiting for their wives to shop, my dad among them. <laughs> you know, you, you think about things that you wait for. I'm waiting for a politician to answer a yes or no question. You know, they'll get on TV and they'll ask them a yes or no question. It'll turn it into a five-minute dialogue or monologue. The average person, it said, waits 45 to 62 minutes per day. That's waiting for stoplights, maybe waiting for the checkout at a grocery store. Who here likes to wait? Raise your hand and we'll pray for you if you do, but I don't think anyone else typically likes to wait. There was a, an experiment that was done years ago, and psychologists did this, and they had these kids, and the kids would be in an observation room, and they would be talking to them, and they would take out a plate, put a marshmallow on it, and then they'd be like, oh, I, I have to go out and do something. Just be gone for like two minutes, and uh, you know, just keep an eye on that. And if I come back and the marshmallow is still there, I'll give you a second marshmallow. Well, the majority of children within like 37 seconds had just like eaten the marshmallow, right? No one likes to wait. It's a statement of fact. Well, here is a deeper statement of fact. God's people hate to wait even more. Christians are more impatient sometimes than any other people. It's true. I, as the pastor of this church, would like to tell you that when I'm in a season of waiting, that I'm like, I'm just going to maximize this time spiritually. No, my wife could tell you. I'll be like, this is so dumb. I don't want to wait. I don't want to wait. This is what I tend to do. But in this walk, there are going to be times where you are required to wait. I'm going to give you a few pointers on waiting. The first is to be able to wait patiently. There is a verse in the Bible that I want to dig into, James 1.4, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Have you ever noticed that when we rush, we tend to forget things? I'm reminded of this decades ago. It was a Winterfest. And when I go to Winterfest, I have certain rules, like you take extra, extra, extra deodorant, and you apply it frequently if you're near me. I just, I'm not down with that spicy room scent that happens on winter. I'm not down with that. And so I set 
this rule that once a day, necessary or not, the young men under my charge would need to get a shower, whether you need it or not. If you get two a day, nobody's going to yell at you. Go shower. I remember I set this rule down, and time came for our window for them to go shower, and one of the young men, I could tell, he was just nervous. He's like, hey, can I talk to you out in the hallway? Okay, go out in the hallway. And he's like, I forgot my boxer shorts. And I'm like, didn't you see the list that I gave, like things that you should bring? Like this is a basic item and you forgot. He's like, my mom rushed me. So here I go out into, it was like nighttime, out into the city, find a CVS, and I'm sure he paid about $20 a pair at the CVS for boxer shorts. But, you know, when we did that, we were both laughing because that's the way things can happen sometimes, right? We feel like when we get rushed, we're going to forget things. Patience means cheerful endurance. Perfect. That which completes not that which goes exactly as I think it should go. The ladies' retreat took place just recently. There were some left turns. There were some hiccups in the way that they might have thought it was going to go. And my wife, she's a planner, right? She loves planning. She loves, loves, loves planning. I admire that. Well, somewhere along the way, you know, the plans didn't go like you may see them for the retreat, but she shared with me that there was this point in one of the studies when you just felt the Holy Spirit fall gently, just covering the room. And as that happens, this sisterhood in Christ, just soaking it in, just coming back stronger because of the experience. Let patience have its perfect work. When you look at the meaning of those words, it's talking about a a worker who accomplishes something, almost someone who has been contracted to do something. As my wife was gone, I decided I'm going to do all the laundry, and I figured out my children changed seven to ten times per day. And so as I'm doing the laundry, it's 1.30 in the morning, I look down in the laundry room and I see an ant. And I look and I see another ant and another ant, and they're in this line and they're... And for a second, I'm telling you, I don't know whether it was just being tired. I was impressed, like just with how they were working. It's two in the morning. They're working, right? And I'm taking like this godly moment, like, wow, God, how you design things. Then this mouse sticks its head under the laundry room door and looks at me. And I'm like, I'm being overrun with varmints here, right? And so after I'm done admiring the God masterpieces there, I went and got ant traps and mouse traps. So it's probably all gone. But... In that moment, it reminded me that there's always a God plan which is playing out that does not stop. There's always something working in your favor if you're a child of God that does not stop. My favorite part of that verse says that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Do you know what perfect means? It means complete. Do you know what complete means? It means complete. And do you know what lacking nothing means? It means complete. In other words, when you have godly patience, he will make sure that you are complete, complete, and complete. You know, we spend so much time wondering how we appear to others when we're going through something. 
I've come to the place where I want to fill my heart with godly expectation. Because when the inward man is at peace in Jesus Christ, the outward man follows. Be concerned about what God sees. He completes you. People would say, but you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. Some people share things, and it breaks my heart to hear what people go through. Some people don't share. Wherever you may be on that, I may not know exactly where you are, but I've read the book of Job, and I know where he was. The Bible says in James 5.11, as you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance, and you have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. There is a blessing on the other side of this. There is a blessing, and you need to say that to yourself, whatever this may be. If you're worried about your job situation, if you're worried about whatever's going on, there is a blessing on the other side of this, and patience is a choice. We're counted as blessed when we endure. Now, somebody's sitting here, and you're feeling pretty rotten about the way you've addressed or come at a situation lately. Well, here's the truth. Start persevering now. Start persevering now. You may have acted like your home situation is impossible. You may have said, I throw my hands up, I give up. You know what? Let's turn that around right now and start speaking life right now. Right now. In Jesus' name. You haven't been disqualified. A second point there is to wait with expectation. God's word says in James 5, 7, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. Sometimes that word, what's interpreted, that patient there, it means long-suffering. You know, the fruit of the Spirit, a great thing to have. When you dig deeper into the meaning here, it means long-spirited. When I used to drop my children off for school in the morning at CCA, there was a lady who would drop her grandchildren off, and she would always see me, and she would say, Rev, what's the good word today? And whenever we would be talking about something that was just heavy, maybe something going on in the world, she would always say, I know in whom I have believed, and he is able. And she would say something I heard so many times, but it just hit different. And she would say, he didn't bring me this far to only bring me this far. And as she would say it, I would simultaneously want to, like, cut a rug, kind of, like, do a river dance in the Holy Spirit, and then, like, rub my arms and cry. Like, it just, it hit so hard. And I'm saying that to someone here, You know, when it comes to that being long-spirited, being a child of the 80s, somebody needs to get like that Stretch Armstrong kind of spiritual perseverance, right? Like, enemy, you may stretch me, but you're not going to break me. Like, I was kind of spiritually made for this kind of thing. The promise is what has been planted will spring forth at the appointed time. Every summer I would spend with my grandparents... And once Wonder Bread was given away random seeds in bread. And so I stole the seeds out of my grandma's bread. And my grandma had plants all around the house. 
And so I concocted a plan to plant my seeds. I had no idea what the seeds were because, ladies, at a very young age, we men don't read directions and we never start. It's who we are. I took these seeds, poked my pinky in the dirt of one of her plants, planted them, watered it with the 16-ounce glass bottle of Pepsi just to be sure. For two days straight, I sat watching, and you know what happened? Nothing. And at some point, I gave up, called away by the siren song of Kiss, yeah, the band Kiss. My grandmother had Kiss puzzles at her house. We would do those and drawing Snoopy fighting aliens. Like I was drawn away by that, right? And it one day when my grandma was watching Ryan's Hope or One Life to Live, she looks over and she's like, well, what is growing in that spider plant, honey? It was carrots. And you know how I knew? <laughs> I pulled one out and ate it with the dirt on it and all. Like it was carrots. I didn't determine the time that it took for the things that were planted to break the soil. Right now, spiritually, you don't determine the time it takes for something to break the soil. But the farmer waits with expectation. Whatever you're waiting for to grow, you can't worry it into growing. You can't doubt it into growing. You cannot make it happen. But you can wait for the Father to send the rain because I know he will. Because... He has not failed you yet. He has not brought you this far to only bring you this far. He chooses the timing of the things that are going to be planted and when they will spring forth. And you might say, but I feel so alone in this season. Well, that word that is used there for expectation is the same word used in John 5, 3 that talks about the man who was disabled, laying by the pool of Bethesda, waiting with expectation for the water to be troubled. It's the same word that's used of Abraham, who though he was given a promise, had not seen the fulfillment yet. And it says in Hebrews eleven ten, he was looking forward to the city with foundations whose architect and builder is God. I'm not going to run out of spiritual gas on this journey. I'm holding out for the promise. What happens here on this side of heaven is a confirmation of things that are coming. Another point is wait with both feet planted. 1 Corinthians 15.58 says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. The Amplified says it this way, Therefore, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, immovable, always excelling in the work of the Lord, always doing your best and doing even more than is needed, being continually aware that your labor, even to the point where you feel exhaustion in the Lord, is not futile, nor is it wasted. It is never without a purpose. Ephesians 6.13 tells us, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all, what? Stand. Stand. 
That's a certain frame of mind. It's a certain frame of heart. It's a certain frame of spirit that we need to have. On my YouTube, or not YouTube, on my Facebook, these reels keep coming up. It's this guy in Noonan, Georgia that teaches MMA. And I trust him because he's got cauliflower ears and he doesn't mess around. And when he's talking about things, he gives these life advice things. Like if somebody walks up to you and they try to headbutt you, or if somebody walks up and they try to throw a haymaker at you, this rarely happens in life. It really hasn't with me. But if it does, I'm prepared because I watch the videos. And here's the thing he says. You know, whenever he's talking, he doesn't square up like the fighting Irish guy from Notre Dame. Do you know what his stance is? It looks just like this. This It's just like this with his stance. You know, that's so non-intimidating. But what's crazy is it reminds me of the way when we come into a situation of expectation, are your hands raised? Are your hands raised? And what's wild about this is like he's not just going off when his hands are raised. He's just in position. In other words, those hands are made to raise and those hands are made to throw, right? Like spiritually speaking, I'm going to praise. And when it comes to the spiritual fight, I'm ready to go with the spiritual fight too. Don't allow anything to move you off of godly expectation. The devil can't steal the promise, but he's going to do his best to derail the expectation. You ever been in a situation where you try to whisper something and you think you were really sly and then you turn around and everybody's looking at you and they all heard it? You ever do that? (laughs) The devil has been whispering in some people's ears. Some of the people who... I mean, I'll just be real with you. Some of the people that want to see you fail, they've been whispering. Let's refer to David as he's running for his life from Saul. Some things are detailed in Psalm 42. He says in Psalm 42, 3, My tears have been my food day and night, while people say to me all day long, Where is your God? 42, 10. My bones suffer mortal agony as my foes taunt me, saying to me all day long, where is your God? I hear it like whispering, where is your God? I imagine the enemy in some points has said to you, gotten you on, where's your God now? And what I can't help but think is when he turns around with that smile on his face, God standing there with angel armies behind him saying, I heard that. As a child of God, there come points where the spiritual taunts need to feel like a confirmation. What is he coming at you about? Could that not possibly be the thing that he is petrified of you stepping into in Jesus Christ? Right? Like, why would he bring it up? Like, right now, you know what I'm not scared of? I'm not scared of sharks attacking me. I'm not going to stand up here and talk about shark attacks all day. It's pretty rare that would happen on this stage, right? It would be silly to do that. He's not going to talk about things that have zero chance of happening. He's going to get in your head because he knows, he knows that God has plans for you. When those times come up with the devil, you know what? I take a moment, a teachable moment, if you will, and I'm like, devil, I'm going to act like you never heard this before, but I'm going to tell you the truth. Isaiah 40, 28, have you not known, have you not heard 
The Lord, the everlasting God, he's the creator of the ends of the earth. He doesn't grow faint or grow weary. And I feel like there's times, though, that the enemy is like, well, talking a lot about God, but where does that leave you? And there's times when you need to get in your fighting stance and let him know it leaves me in good company. Because Joseph waited in an Egyptian prison. Noah waited for a flood to come. Moses waited to see a promised land. Jonah waited in the belly of a whale. Daniel waited in a lion's den. Israel waited for a Messiah to come. The disciples waited for the Holy Spirit to fall. And Paul and Silas, round about midnight, waited in a Philippian jail. So if he needs to know, if he needs a resume, I'm waiting like they waited. Here's a statement, and I may even read it twice because I like it that much. God's greatness is not just that he's strong, but it's that he, you, he chooses to use his strength for us. His glory is not just that he's powerful, but he loves to use his power to bless his children. God is not too great to care. He's too great not to care. Waiting isn't for me to stand and flex and show God how strong I am. God, look how strong I am. Let me jump through hoops. No, it's me being willing to say, God, on my own, I can't do this. It's not passive. It's active resting, if you will. Regardless of the setting that comes. Isaiah 40, 31 says, but they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and will not faint. There's a quote from a man named Dr. Tom Constable. And you know how I feel about doctor things. Tom, if you can't deliver a baby, I don't know about that before your name. This expression is this, that that verse says, I have a complete dependence on God. And the second part says, I have a willingness to allow God to decide the terms on how he's going to work. What's that mean by that? It means that verse speaks about flying, running, and walking. On all three, God has got me. God has got you on all three of those things. Verse speaks about renewed strength, the ability to soar above situations, and ability to keep moving forward. I close with this thought. When it comes to waiting on God, I have to have the courage to leap. And I must have the courage to take rest in God. I say that because some of us are always ready for the spiritual fight. What if God's saying to you, are you ready for the spiritual rest? Psalm 37, 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. When I read that, I couldn't help but be reminded of Pastor Al Watson. Al wrote a song from Psalm 37. And Alan would always tell us when he'd teach, trust, delight, commit, rest. Trust, delight, commit, rest. When I was younger, I remember being over at Alan's house on a Sunday. Alan had perfected godly rest. What do I mean by that? I mean, we'd be sitting there. He'd be telling me, yeah, Mark Price, his shooting percentage from the free throw line. It's, And he would just be out. 
I mean, this guy had godly rest down to an art. I want to be like that. It's the weirdest ending, but aren't they all? No, it gets weirder. (laughs) So when I was young, there was something on TV. It was called Circus of the Stars, right? Like Joni and Chachi would tame lions and stuff. And like you'd watch it always as a kid. I'd watch this. So I started reading about trapeze artists this week. (laughs) I know. What's wrong with me? Trapeze artists have a special relationship between the person known as the flyer and the person known as the catcher. The flyer is the person who lets go, and get this, the catcher is the one who catches. As you might imagine, the relationship is important, especially for the flyer. When the flyer is swinging high above the ground on the trapeze, the moment comes when he or she must let go. They arc into the air, and their job is to remain as still as possible to wait for the strong hands of the catcher to pluck them from the air. A trapeze artist once said, the flyer must never try to catch the catcher. The flyer must wait in absolute trust. The catcher will catch them. I can't even imagine. You know, if you've ever gone to a circus and seen how quick some of these transfers look, right? I guarantee it's a lot slower once you've let go of the only thing keeping you off the ground, right? I mean, can you imagine that? This is how faith feels sometimes. It's very important to go farther for the one that's going to be caught not to tense up. I say that in a spiritual sense because someone right now, you feel like you're mid-air and you're wondering, is God going to catch me? He hasn't failed you yet. I'm going to give a little scripture reference here. Challenge to you. Jeff Bowman, you know what I feel like this is? I feel like this is MHCA. Like I'm going to give out a green dot treat if people do this. Psalm 62, 5 through 6. I would challenge you this week, write this down. Put it on a post-it note somewhere you can see it. Memorize it. My soul waits silently for God alone. For my expectation is from him He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. Parents, I take it farther and I put your kid's name right there at the end. My child shall not be moved. If that's in my home, Liam shall not be moved. Ella shall not be moved. It is time in the spiritual to take it to a place where we haven't taken it before. To walk in the authority of Jesus Christ in a way that we haven't before. If you'll stand. Be real for a moment. 
Who here? Who here, just be honest, feels like you're that guy that just let go of the trapeze and you're midair and you're kind of like, what's going to happen next? Sometimes it's just weird, you know, when we're honest like that in church. Because we want everyone to think, like, no. I'm a professional trapeze artist. I'm never freaked out by that kind of thing. No, it's okay. This is how faith feels. If you bow your heads, I think we just need to take some authority. I think we just need to call some things out. And I think we need to speak the God plan into this. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, I pray for your peace to settle over this house. Father, what I pray is whoever feels like they may have let go of what felt like safety and security to fall into your arms, they just haven't felt that yet, Lord. I pray that your assurance would wash over them. Just like that conversation in that lunchroom at the school, God, I know in whom I have believed. I know in whom I have believed, and he is able. Lord, I pray your hand of protection over everyone. And Father, I pray that they would feel your hand begin to wrap around theirs, even in this moment. Your protection over our children, your protection over our homes, God. I pray your blessing from the moment we wake in the morning till we lay our head down at night. And Lord, in the middle of the night, the plan keeps working. In Jesus' name, we